Adam Crowley Show. Uh, we got to earn tomorrow. That's French. <laughs> That's yeah. your French. Yes. <laughs> we, me, 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 woo, poo, poo. Very good French. I agree. That was excellent. So good. I could do right quick, Gudis. The Flyers going to win. We are going to earn tomorrow. Adam Crowley. It's not even funny. On ESPN Pittsburgh. So I got the doctor's call. The verdict is in. Prognosis positive. I gotta have surgery to cut this big thing off my head. But it wasn't attached to my brain. It wasn't in my sinuses. It's just an ugly thing that's coming out of my eyebrow. In celebration, I ate 11 Oreos four minutes ago. I feel like death. I will crash probably in about 45 minutes. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me, shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter at FBomber73 and at ButtonPusher970. Monday was like every Steelers win last season, and it didn't hit me until this morning. It was a close game against a not very good opponent that the Steelers very well could have lost, but didn't because they've got superior talent. The Steelers, when they take the field against any team in the National Football League, apart from maybe a select few, they're going to have the talent advantage. If you're Alabama, you've always got the talent advantage. You always win, but you're also well coached. This Steelers team has a bunch of talent on the offensive side. And yet, here we are. It was a victory. You should be happy, Steelers fans. But I don't necessarily know it's a sign for things to come. I don't think that they can keep playing like this and not expect it to catch up with them later on in the season or maybe even in the playoffs. Last year, the Steelers lose to Chicago. They play close against Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. They play close against the... Baltimore Ravens, who had stunk all year long on the offensive side. They get 38 points to them. They get blown out by Jacksonville. And we all think, okay, it's fine. They're still 13-3. and Good teams find a way to win games, and they do. But I think really good teams find a way not to be in close games with bad teams. You want to have a level that you can reach on a consistent basis of your play. You want the Steelers to be up here. I'm pointing very high right now. And instead we find them down here. I'm pointing very low right now. And I'd like to see them a little bit closer to the higher bar more consistently. When they look good, they'll blow some teams out. They did it to Minnesota last year. Minnesota's a very good football team, and they were a very good football team last year. They blew the Baltimore Ravens out the first time they played them. But they played far too many close games. 12 of the games, or pardon me, 10 of the games that they played last year were within one score. You can't consistently win that way. And when you let bad teams hang around, imagine what you're going to do against good teams. You're going to lose. And I think eventually it wound up catching up with them. Their bad habits caught them against Jacksonville. We've got Mark Caballi coming up at 4.40 on the show today to discuss. We're also going to talk with Tim Benz coming up at 6 o'clock. Apart from the Steelers here locally, they're also being discussed 
ad nauseum at a national level. James Harrison being one who's doing the squawking, and he said something that I thought was fairly obvious, but it shouldn't be coming from his mouth. Let's hear James Harrison now, who spoke on the undisputed program on Fox Sports 1 yesterday. A trade, I don't, like looking at it now, I don't really think a trade will happen. I don't think somebody else would take that because they can't give him a new contract, and that's mm-hmm. what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the play for Le'Veon, if I'm Le'Veon, is I'm coming back, what is it, November 13th, and I'm going to go in there, I'm going to get my credit the season that I need to get, and I'm going to do the best I can to get out of that season healthy. And for me, I'd give you everything in practice. You would see, the cameras would see that I am fine, I am healthy, but come Saturday, Something ain't right. I can't play on Sunday. Because if I go out here and I mess something up, I'm oh, losing a lot of money. A, he going to put an Earl Thomas on him. Oh, like no question. Yeah. No and that's question. the thing, Skip. If you trade for him under the franchise tag, you can't give him a deal. The only way he gets you, a deal. You could give him more money this year right. if you wanted right. to to try to make Well, you have to, you'd have to rescind the tag. Yeah. If you rescind the tag, now he's a free agent. Now you can give him money. Or just look. Steelers, you know you weren't going to get his man his money. Why y'all do that? If, if I'm the Steelers, and I know this is not the way let him go. Is, I would, I would just let him go. take my third-round pick or whatever you want to Yes, yes, let, let him go. And again, you're right. Is James Conner this guy? He is not. Nope. He's okay. He tries hard. Yeah, he's great story. Kid, you know, yeah. It is. I, I got all that. But he's not Le'Veon. No. But, but Le'Veon is going to be an ongoing thorn in your side because it's not healthy. This is not a healthy, happy and Like situation. I said, after the things that they said about him yeah. and him having to step back into that line, right. it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of friction. You know, <laughs> it, things said, you can't just pull him back and take him away. You know, you know guys, you say, oh, he's making more money than me. Uh, just stay out the whole season. Right. You know, you, you can't you, you can't just wash that away. When he gets back in there, it's going to be some some friction. So instead of making more fuss than what it is, yeah, I'm feel, just let him go. Let, let him go. Let him go. Let him walk. Yeah, let him go. That'll do it. It's like that song from Frozen. Let him go. Let him go. We run James Conner now. Let him go. Let him go. We don't need Le'Veon no more. Let him go. Let, Let him, him go. go. There goes Bell to another team. Let the Steelers run, Connor. I thought we really fizzled out there, but you kept going. You fizzled out there. Good point by you. Like James Conner will eventually, which is why you need Le'Veon Bell to come back. Yeah. You need him to come back? James Conner's a good player. Le'Veon Bell's an all-pro. We'll get to that portion of it in a second, because there is a lot to break down there. A lot. James Harrison says Le'Veon Bell should fake injury. Number one, that's so disrespectful to the sport, right? James Harrison is the guy who, I work my tail off every day. I love football. You got to respect the sport. And then... He advocates not respecting the sport. He advocates not respecting his teammates. He advocates not respecting the organization. So there's that. But isn't that something we've all thought Lev might do? I mean, haven't we all at least joked about it? Oh, Le'Veon Bell might show up and, oh, little hamstring twinge there, huh? Oh, little plantar fasciitis. How's that, Joe Madden? Oh, little, little groin injury. Oh, my pectoral, it's hurt. I mean, haven't we all kind of thought that that might happen? Haven't we all kind of thought that that was a possibility? 
I know I have. It's dishonest. It's disingenuous. It's not what I would want to do as an athlete. Yeah, you're preserving your body and you're doing it for your family and you're doing it for future cash, but when you are paid and he is required to be there if he signs the franchise tender, they go and do your damn job, do it well, because that's the reason you're going to get paid on the backside anyway, because you've done your job damn well. I'm not going to put my body through it. Man, you put your body through a lot before to get to this point, and you're going to have to continue to put your body on the line, because if you don't, you ain't going to get that cash. And when you do get the cash, if you start acting a fool, being a terrible teammate, teams will cut your ass, man. So we've all thought that. But James Harrison is such a phony, and I reached out to him today via email and said, hey, man, why don't you come on the Crowley Show? We got all kinds of time. We can have you on at 420. We can have you on at 5. We can have you on at 520, 540. We can have you on at 6, 620. There are so many time options. Nothing. But I do find out he got into a Twitter squabble with the big man, Double M, super genius. And James Harrison said, you know what, man? Say it to my face. I think the best case scenario here is James Harrison comes into the building, does a segment with me. I grill his ass. I just speak circles around him. Then he goes downstairs, beats the snot out of Madden. Madden survives but says, oh, my God, I'm gun shy now. I can never go on the air again. And then I take his job. I think that is the best case scenario for me. And for the listener, I think. Don't you want to hear me on an FM signal? You kind of can. 106.3 FM in Allegheny County. It's clear and it's spectacular. But James Harrison's a phony, right? He's such a phony. Say it to my face. I'm a tough guy. Tough guys don't pretend to be injured, bro. This is the same guy who says, I don't like participation trophies. I don't think you should be giving them to kids. It sends a bad message. But Le'Veon, you know what you should do? You should go collect that paycheck but not play. Ain't that a damn participation trophy? You're participating in the bare minimum and still getting the reward. It is cash money. It's a participation trophy. James Harrison needs to pay attention to the words that are coming out of his mouth. Rush hour. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? He's not taking inventory of what he's saying. He's not listening. And he doesn't understand it either. And that's the other thing I needed to get to. Oh, my God. Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless, and James Harrison don't understand the franchise tag. They don't know what the bleep they're talking about. It's easy to sit there and spew hot takes. Oh, Lev Bell, he should not play in the games because he should fake injured. And Skip will be all like, Tim Tebow could lead the Steelers to the Super Bowl this year. And Shannon Sharp's like, I have a huge mouth. And I'm loud. But none of them can take the time to understand the franchise tag. Why would the Steelers let him walk away? It doesn't make any sense. There are conflicting reports about whether or not if he leaves, they'd get a conditional draft pick. It's my understanding that if he were to have the tag rescinded and then go somewhere else, that because of how many players left and how many players have been signed by Pittsburgh, that they would not get a compensation pick this year. But if he signs the tender, you following me now, 
and then leaves after the year, the Steelers are going to get like a third-round pick in 2020. So why would the Steelers let Le'Veon Bell go, say, you know what, pal, we'll pull the tag back. You sign with whoever you want, whatever team you want, and we're not going to get anything in return. It doesn't make sense. It's asinine. It's ludicrous. And it's coming from three people who don't know what the F they're talking about. The other thing is, James, do you see how you're being treated by Steelers fans on Twitter.com? Do you know how you're perceived in Pittsburgh? You do know you're a huge villain, right? It's not because you fell asleep in meetings. It's not because you were an ass teammate your final year. No. It's because you signed with the New England Patriots. Something that Steelers fans have called Mike Tomlin out for. Why are you cutting him if he's going to wind up in New England? Why would you let go of Le'Veon Bell's rights? Why would you rescind the tag and then allow him to go wherever he wants? Because he could wind up in New England. I don't know how the cap works with New England. I haven't looked at their numbers, but you get what I'm saying here. He could pick wherever he wants to go. He could sign it with an AFC North team. He could sign with legitimate contenders in the AFC and make it harder on Pittsburgh. Even if there's going to be friction in the locker room, like James Harrison asserts in that whatever it was, two-minute bite there, it's better to have friction in the room with an all-pro on your side than have a little less friction with an all-pro playing for a team that's going to be standing in your way at the end of the year. It doesn't make sense on any level for the Pittsburgh Steelers to say, ah, we'll take that tag. We're not going to slap you with it anymore. You go out and you do what you want. It doesn't make any sense. And for them to suggest it is just so that they can sound pro-player, so they can sound pro-NFLPA, pro-worker, as opposed to pro-establishment. But the Steelers don't have any reason to withdraw that tag. None. It was within the rights for the Steelers to franchise tag him after they offered him $30 million guaranteed in 70 over a handful of years. It was their right to smack him with the tag once he said, I ain't taking that money. It's his right to sit out now. And it'll be the right of the National Football League to not toll a season in his career if he doesn't show up at all this season. The Steelers are the bad guys here. Le'Veon Bell's not a bad guy just yet, I don't think. I wouldn't have done it this way. He was a bad guy for lying. Not a bad guy in terms of sitting out. Doesn't have to be a bad dude. Doesn't have to be everyone sucks. Steelers did what they could do as per the CBA. Lev's doing what he can do as per the CBA. And as per the damn CBA, if he signs the tag and leaves after the year, they got a third-round compensation pick. Better to have that than to have nothing when he walks away. 412-922-2874 is the number. You can tweet me, as always, at underscore Adam Crowley. As I said, Mark Caballi going to be joining us at 440 here on the show. Coming up next, you'd think, given the history, that James Harrison would think twice before criticizing the Roonies in the way that they do business. Before suggesting Le'Veon Bell dupe the organization that gave him everything. We'll discuss. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Love you, 970 ESPN. It's Adam a, Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoyed it, you know? And now we're talking about a weekly spot on the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be picked. Freebies are up. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh.
James Harrison is afraid of my mental wizardry and is not replying to my emails to get him on the program. I'm tough. James is a baby, and he's scared to hop on these airwaves. Mr. Anderson, though, he ain't scared. He ain't ever scared. He's calling from the Matrix. What's up, bro? Hey, what's going on? You tell me. Hey, I'll I push this back on the Steelers organization. I know they're what? the holy grail. But they, they, they should have taken care of this years ago. I, I, I've said this on your show before. They had a line that they knew they weren't going to cross. And to sit here and play games with this man, he deserved his money, I feel. And if they didn't want to pay him, you should have traded him years ago. They should have gave him a big contract years ago. They would have saved themselves money. We know how much the the, um, uh, the salary cap is going up next year. They wasted all this time, and now they're going to end up having to trade him to somebody else just to get something up out of it. They're not going to trade him. him. They're not going to trade him. And here's the deal, Mr. Anderson. They offered him a contract. Right. A big one. A big stanking heap of money, man. Listen, listen. We both know. He's worth more than $30 million guaranteed. No, he's not. Well, he might be now. He might be now. He might be now because Todd Gurley has reset the market, but the $30 million guaranteed would have reset it before that. But look, he knew he was worth more than that. Why why waste money on $30 million for the best one? This would have set us up for three to five years. But because they wanted to waste, he wanted $48 million guaranteed. You tell me he couldn't get him $18 million more? The Steelers miscalculated, and now the fans no. have to pay for it because they wouldn't give me no money. But they can give $9 million to some bum number 48 who can barely sack anybody. They miscalculated this, and now the fans have to have to pay for it because they couldn't give him $18 million more. He's definitely worth that. He was the best running back for the last five years, and they didn't want to pay him. This Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson, Mr. Anderson, what did James Conner do game one? I love James Conner. What did he do I'm last pit, game? I'm a pit grad. But look. Oh, dude, I like, get out of here. That, that was the wrong thing. I mean, that's the wrong thing serious. for you to I mean, say. You want to keep talking I mean, on the air. You don't bring yeah, that up. Feel free to call back any time, Mr. Anderson. But the second you bring up Pitt in a positive fashion, you're Jeez. off the program. Jeez. I mean, get out of here. Even Tom knows better than that now. Tom's a huge Pitt fan. But he knows better than to bring that back up on the program. This is where people are so dead wrong about it. And we can keep having the same Le'Veon Bell conversation every single show until the end of the year, and I'll have fun doing it, and maybe you'll have fun listening, but maybe not. And the entire time, everybody's going to be dead wrong who calls in and says what Mr. Anderson said. At the time when the Steelers offered him the contract, the next highest paid running back was making $8.25 million a season. Steelers were prepared to offer him $14 million a year. Am I missing something here? Is that not a fair offer? Is that not almost double what the next highest paid running back was going to get? So the Steelers offered what they thought was fair, which was definitely fair. They put their line in the sand. And when Le'Veon said, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go past the line, they said, okay, franchise tag, that's the reality. You'll play it out this year, and then you can go. And Le'Veon said, nah, you know what, I'm going to sit out now, come back whenever I want to. And that's within his rights. The problem I have with Le'Veon is that he lied about it. That's my problem. He lied to his teammates, to guys like Marquise Pouncey. Yeah, man, it's all good. Be there Monday. Then Pouncey's like, ah, he'll be here Wednesday. And then he wasn't there Wednesday. That is what sucks. But this, the negotiation, the him not showing up, that's all within his rights. But the Steelers 
<laughs> They've been cast as the bad guy by the national media. It was happening on Monday Night Football earlier this week. It was happening in that undisputed soundbite that we played in the first segment of the show. Everyone's got this so damn wrong. And I'm not a black and gold glasses wearing dude either. I'm not going to sit here and say the Steelers are always right because they're sure as hell not. But they did what they thought was best in this circumstance, and they did exactly what I would have done. You offer him to be paid as the highest paid running back in the league. If he does not accept it, you say, see you later, goodbye. Or you slap him with the franchise tag, which is what they did. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Le'Veon Bell's the gift that keeps on giving. Because I did not want to talk about this today when I woke up. When I woke up, I thought, hey, maybe the doctor will call, and maybe I'm not dying, and maybe my white blood cell count's okay, and so far, so good in that realm. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to take a poo, I'm going to drink a cup of coffee, maybe make myself some cereal, and then I'm going to talk about what the Steelers need to do to get better over the course of the year. I wasn't even thinking about Le'Veon Bell. Then James Harrison goes and spouts off. And that's rich, isn't it? You would think that James Harrison, of all people, should think twice before criticizing the Roonies. You go back to 2008. He knocks down a door. He snaps a cell phone in half of his lady. Smacks her across the face. And Dan Rooney went to bat for him. It was the worst thing that Dan Rooney's done. The only bad thing that he's done, I think, in his tenure, the late Dan Rooney, as a Pittsburgh Steelers owner. It's the only thing that made me cringe. It was the only thing that made me think, what the hell is this guy thinking? It's the only misstep in what was years of being the guy you should look up to in the NFL. And he did it all to protect James Harrison. He did it all to have James Harrison's back. He was getting crushed by the media. There was a woman's shelter that excoriated him. He went out on a limb, stuck his neck out for James Harrison. And what's James Harrison do? He comes back and he tells Le'Veon Bell, disrespect the organization by not being fully honest with them. You come in, you fake an injury. Man, James Harrison was cut a thousand times by the Steelers and the Ravens before he was finally given a shot by this organization where he became a pro bowler. The organization stuck their neck out for him then. He then made the most of it. And then he knocks down a door, breaks his woman's cell phone in half and smacks her across the face, and he's stuck up for by the organization. And now he's going to come out and disrespect him like this? Oh, no, man. Oh, no. You would think he'd have a sense of irony, right? And then the whole participation trophy thing. I hate participation trophies. Kids are becoming soft these days. But, Lev, you should totally show up, man, and you should pretend to be hurt. Yeah, you should totally show up and say, oh, my leg. You'd be like Marsha. Oh, my nose. Oh, my nose. Oh, my nose. You might have heard that just there. That was my email. It was not James Harrison. He's scared. Let's go to Bill in St. Clairsville. What's up, Bill? Hey, what's going on? How you doing, pal? 
was doing all right until all these bums keep saying Le'Veon Bell needs 40, 50, 60 million. They don't understand the whole cap thing. They don't understand that Lev Bell can't make it through a season without any problems or getting hurt. Bingo. I mean, what? What? I mean, I'm a Steeler fan through and through, and I don't like watching them. The only thing that came out of that was that stiff arm. That's about the only thing good about the Steelers right now. And then they're going to sit here and back Lev Bell, who sits here and still stays on Twitter, poking shots at people, you know, around the corner, afraid to come out and even talk for himself. And you want to give this guy 50, 60 mil? Get real. Dumb. Tell the dude from Pitt to stay in Pitt and try to learn another major. I don't know. That's ridiculous. Where'd you go to school, Bill? I went to Penn State. Oh, the hell out of here! That's even worse! I mean, get out of here! Oh, Jesus! God. Who do you think you are, Bill? Who are these callers? Uh, what an idiot! He did say major, though, and he made me think of Major Harris, so we're okay. Stretch? Maybe. I don't care. Who? Major Harris. 1988, pardon me, West Virginia Mountaineer. Uh, I know Walt Harris. Get get out of here! Keep your mic off after bringing up Walt Harris. You are banned from the rest of the segment, Tom. Yeah, to the people saying pay Lev Bell $50, $60 million like Mr. Anderson did at the beginning of the segment. Uh, No, that's dumb. And you have to factor in that the Steelers were going to give him $30 million. That was plenty enough. He should have taken it. Now, there's a good chance he makes more than that on the open market, so maybe that's why he shouldn't take it, I suppose. I should pull those words back. But if you wanted to take the Steelers offer, people would have said, oh, what a great offer by the Steelers. Now that he doesn't and they see Ty Gurley make the 40 mil guaranteed, they say, okay, you know what, he made the right decision. The Steelers weren't paying him enough at all. But at the time, they would have. And that's where the difference is here. 412-922-2874. I want your thoughts on this before we get to Mark Caboli coming up in a few minutes on the Crowley Show. If Lave Bell is willing to come back, sign that franchise tag, and return for Week 8, you okay with that? Because I still am. James Conner showed that he's not an incredibly dynamic player in the last game. He did have a couple of great carries at the end, 17-yarder and a 27-yarder that helped seal the deal. But Le'Veon Bell's a better player than that. And you're trying to win a Super Bowl here. It ain't about cutting off your nose to spite your face. Maybe James Conner's the guy. Maybe he gets better before Le'Veon Bell does come back, if Le'Veon Bell comes back. But it's always better to have more depth than less depth. And even if there's friction, there are guys on this team that don't like each other anyhow. I mean, that's the way it goes. It's sports. It's life. I don't like Tom. I tolerate him. We deal with each other. We have a working relationship. Be an adult. Go the F in there and respect each other. Got this one from John at underscore Adam Crowley. Based on all accounts, the Steelers will not Let me rephrase this. Reading, tough for me. I went to West Virginia. Bell will not carry the ball again as a Steeler. If you believe otherwise, you're way off base. As far as the Steelers are concerned, they want Le'Veon Bell to carry the ball again, I think. That's why they offered him the $30 million guarantee. That's why they offered him the $70 million contract. They think he makes the football team better. Now, as far as Le'Veon's concerned, maybe he does sit out the entire season. I think it's idiotic. I think it's stupid. I think he's getting bad advice if he does that. 
but he might not want to ever carry the rock for the Steelers again. There's a difference between what the Steelers want and what Le'Veon Bell wants, probably, in that regard. Coming up next, we'll talk to Mark Caballi about all this and how the Steelers get better before they take on the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night. It's a Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. He did a couple of annoying radio-y, hot-takey things that I wouldn't have done where he goes, Go ahead and tell me why you don't think what Tom Wilson did was illegal, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Explain what you think, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Okay, tough guy. Does nobody want to communicate with me via the phone anymore? And what the hell is going on with my life? Yesterday, and really for the last week, I've been waiting for my doctors to call back with what I think is pretty important health news. Finally, they got back to me today after they said it would only be two days. Ray Fittipaldo, we were supposed to have him on in the 6 o'clock hour of yesterday's program. We couldn't get that all figured out. Technical difficulties maybe from both sides. And now we're trying to catch up with Mark Caballi and we've lost him. Can't get in touch with him. Can't find the guy. We found him. Mark Caballi of The Athletic joining us now on The Crowley Show. Hello, Mark. Good afternoon. Were you trying to get a hold of me and I didn't answer? Correct. Oh, I uh, was confirming that question you sent to me a couple minutes or a couple hours ago, and I was in the process of confirming it when you called. Is it confirmed? It's confirmed that uh, they would not be uh, eligible for one because their net gains (laughs) are... To even be does it even be considered? All right, wait, wait. Okay, let's let me reset this for the audience because they don't okay. know what you're talking about. Right. So I have gotten into it with Mike Florio on Twitter.com, and I said he was climbing into my ass and being a terrible human because I said if Le'Veon Bell leaves after this year, after he's gotten the franchise tag that the Steelers will get a compensation pick. You are now telling me, Mark, that, that is not oh, true. No, no, that is correct. Oh. They would. But we're talking about if they rescind the tag right now or okay. up until November 13th, then they would not get one because their net gains, which means they signed Burhey, Burnett, Bostic, just plus three, and they lost Hubbard, minus one. So they're on the plus side of total number of players, so they would not even be eligible for the formula. But that's just this year between now Correct. and November 13th. Next year, yes, then that would swing to 2020 to be able to get a pick. Okay, so, the 2020 thing, I was that's what I've been arguing with yeah. Florio about. The 2020 thing I am correct on, and we yeah. are all right on Florio, the blowhard is wrong, but if he does not... If he if the Steelers were to rescind the tag now, then they would not get anything if Le'Veon Bell were to go sign with, I don't know, the Colts. Yes, okay. yes that is correct. All right, very good. So now, you're both right. Okay, I'll see you, bye. <laughs> no, don't you leave me. Now, oh, okay. who confirmed it? Was it Colbert? I cannot give away sources. Omar Khan? Was it Khan? No, it was nobody. It was, no, it was somebody, obviously. It was somebody with extensive knowledge of the compensatory pixel process. Isn't that how Florio put it? All right. Do you want to do the, uh, do you want to do the all the presidents, man? I like playing this game. Let's do the all the presidents, man. No, let's do it. Let's do it. Just listen. Okay. If it's Omar Khan, say nothing for 10 seconds. I'm not going to say nothing for 10 seconds because it wasn't, it was not him. If it was Kevin Colbert, say nothing for five seconds. There's another one you're not going to get. Damn it! All right, Mark Caballi from The Athletic joining us here on The Crowley Show. Okay, so this begs the question then, 
Why in the world would the Steelers rescind the tag? It's not going to happen, James Harrison. No, no, don't rescind the tag. If it gets to that point of uh, he's not showing up by November 13th, I mean, bring him in. I mean, if he wants to come in, he does not have to show up either. So uh, if he comes in on November 13th and does the suggestion what James Harrison does be disruptive, the worst thing you can do is, I mean, you put him on the debt contract detrimental to the team, which is a four-week maximum, and just say, okay, see ya, and get your compensatory pick next year. If not, they can they can deal with it when he's here. They can, you know, deactivate him or whatever. But there's no reason. They're not paying for him right now. They're not paying a penny for him right now. They're actually gaining money every time he sits out. And if it gets to the point where he, they have to start paying him, he shows up, then deal with it there. You never know what might you know what? How he might come in, how they may or may not need him in December. So, sit still. Not hurting you. I mean, not hurting you at all right now. All right. So as we're going down the checklist of things that aren't going to happen, the Steelers are not going to rescind the tag. I also don't think they're going to trade him. I think that's too difficult to happen. So I'll put a check mark saying that's not going to happen either. Well, the, the trade thing is if they get desperate and the desperate to the fact where they're like, this guy's just going to become uh, more and more of a headache. He puts something else on social media, says something else, forget it, we'll cut our losses and do what we have to do. If it gets to that, that breaking point, the James Harrison breaking point, you know, they, they just tried to let James Harrison uh, ride it out into the sunset last year, not the, you know, uh, look past some things that may have uh, hurt his reputation, long-standing reputation with this team, and deal with it and let him go. That comes out back and bit them in the rear end. So they may have learned from something like that. So if it gets to that point, I could see them making a trade. And, but you know, once again, you have to get at least a third-round pick because you know if he shows up or he doesn't show up, you could just be getting a third-round pick for nothing right. next year. So I mean, you don't just give him away because somebody's giving you a seventh-round pick. You know, or somebody's going to give you a backup safety. I mean, you already got that in the bank of a third-round pick next year in 2020 if he leaves, and it's not costing you anything. So they'll just wait and see, see what happens, see what they get offered, see if he causes any more rockets, and go from there. Mark, this is the national story, right? The whole Lev Bell stuff. James Harrison brings it up today. It throws it back into the front of the national discussion because Wednesdays there's not all that much to talk about, even in the middle of the football season. So... How funny do you think it would be to the Steelers themselves, players within the locker room, that we're all still talking about this today? Because I guarantee well to you, those players really aren't thinking about him at all at this point. No, I mean, they aren't. I mean, they're not thinking about him whatsoever. Ramon Foster wouldn't even talk about James Harrison talking about Le'Veon Bell today. <laughs> and that's, they're at the point there. I don't know if they've been directed this, but let me tell you something. There's a, Le'Veon Bell has almost been, I don't know if you watched Back to the Future, yep. when uh, they're holding up the picture and so, so and he's so disappearing away from the photo. Le'Veon Bell is almost a point of erase from existence in this uh, building. I mean, he's not in any, not much of any of the the press releases. He's off the step chart. He's off the roster. His name's mentioned here and there behind the scenes. Um, people don't want mentioned of him. I don't. I don't know if that's a directive from up above or whatever. His locker's still intact. I could tell you that. But that's about the, the much of it. There's no use sitting around talking about him until he shows up. Look what Tomlin said yesterday. Nothing to say because nothing has changed. So they, they're taking that view. And, yeah, they're not thinking twice right now. My question was, would it always been 
if James Conner did not perform like he's mm-hmm. been performing, then what the narrative would have been. That would have been quite interesting, I think. Yes, James Conner's made all of that moot, at least until this point. It's only been three games. He's never shouldered the load before. They're asking him to do so, so we'll have to keep our finger on that pulse. Mark Caballi of The Athletic joining us here on The Crowley Show. Okay, Mark, let's move in a different direction now. Is the Steelers' offense good enough to make up for the defense, good enough to get them in the playoffs, you think? Yeah, definitely, but I just don't know if this is something you're going to get every single week. Every team has a bad week. Every you know offense, when you talk about the Steelers' defense, it's every week. But their offense is not going to put up 480 yards and 30 points every single week. There will be a game or two where they're going to have to try to win it with some defense and special teams, and I don't think anybody's quite sure that that can happen right now. And once you get into the playoffs, that's even more magnifying. So you get in, say, okay, Ben does play well for 16 games, and you're in the playoffs against a first-round team like the Chargers coming here, and you should be eating your 10-point favorites. What happens if he has a bad day? What happens if the offense struggles? I don't think you can be uh, too sure that the defense can pick that up. So that's, I think, the main issue right now. I don't know if the defense can win this team a game or two. I mean, it hasn't showed yet. I mean, I I think there's stuff there that they can get better. I mean, the big thing right now is, I mean, everybody thought John Bostick was going to be a problem, an issue. I think he's playing pretty well. There's nothing wrong with I mean, they're, they're blitzing him a lot. I think if you clean up some of these, Back end guys, where they spent all the off season with their money and bringing new. Remember, they 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 got rid of three safeties in the off season and brought like three or four more in, right? Thinking that was going to fix it, and it's just not fixing. And you can't have a number two receiver at cornerback and just you know throw in one for two plays and one for two series. They got to already Burns is key now. He's going to have to really step up and play like a first-round pick. He does that. That solidifies the back end a little bit better because Joe Hayden is what Joe Hayden is. Maybe Morgan Burnett comes back. So I think they got the potential there, but they got to all work together. And Artie Burns may be right now the biggest key to this defensive season because that front seven, I think, you know, serviceable, maybe a little better. Mark, what is the best the defense can hope to be this year? Hopefully they can sack the quarterback about 60 times and (laughs) create a bunch of turnovers and hold on for wins. Basically, I would say sort of like what you saw at the Tampa Bay. Oh, Kabbalah, you and me, man. We're brothers from another mother. I was saying yesterday that I think that is the blueprint how this team wins games. You get enough from the offense, the defense takes the ball away and puts the quarterback on his keister and... You walk away having earned a hard-fought Big 12 football victory. Here's a funny thing here. How close were they away from losing this game as in the fact of a punt return, return uh, called back and a, a guy, you know, who was that, Godwin, that looked like he scored a touchdown? But, yeah, I think they got so, the Godwin thing right for sure, though. It was hard to tell where I was up in peanut heaven at the Raymond James Stadium. You should watch on TV. They put Booger McFarlane in a high chair. I saw Booger McFarland's height chair when I was leaving. It looked kind of fun. It has a little, has a little uh, drink cartridge there and everything. It was pretty good. It's a good setup in Tampa. Probably not so good of a setup in Green great, Bay. Great, great food. Great food in Tampa. Let me tell you something. Whew, the press box was great there. Wait a second. Tell me about great. the defense. What's the best the defense can hope to be? The defense. Forget the defense. That spread in the, pre- in the Tampa press box was either one or two in the whole NFL. <laughs> 
Were there crab legs stolen by Jameis Winston? <laughs> no, but oh, they had a good time. They even had like a guy making bananas foster at halftime. How about that? What? Yes. Was it Jameis Winston? It might have been him. I didn't look. I didn't look up. I was just looking at the ice cream. This is standard filibuster tactic, Mark. You don't want to answer the question about the defense. Well, was I thought I answered it already. What's the best the defense can hope to be? I think you actually you did. I think it. you said it. Tampa yeah. Bay. What I did. Do? Say. I don't think you can expect a pick six every time, but you put pressure on the quarterback, stop the run, and teams don't even see. That's what I'm curious of. If this team has really you know, figured out their run woes. Or if teams just said the heck with it, and we're just going to throw it on it because they're too easy to. The latter, I think probably. We'll, I, th- I think we'll find out this week because uh, Baltimore eh, has a decent offensive line or at least a couple decent players. Now Alex Collins, I think, is really good. And they run that outside zone stuff. And if you're not uh, gap sound, I'm the first one to say it this week. You're gonna you're gonna give up some big plays. So I think this will be the week where the run game it gets a little bit more tested, but. Oh, keep throwing, letting Brian throw for 500 yards and four touchdowns. Hey, did you see that tweet I made? I know you follow my Twitter at, you know, at nausea. But the top four teams in the NFL are the four worst defensive teams in the NFL. Their combined 10 and 2 record, all in first place. Kansas City, Miami, New Orleans, and Tampa. Four worst defenses. Combined ten and two record. Maybe this is how the game's played now. This is the greatest tweet of all time, Mark. I'll take it one further. Last year, eight of the nine worst running defenses in the league made the playoffs. Bam! That's not a tweet. That's two hundred eighty <laughs> characters straight out the horse's mouth, man. I, I think you look back to the Steelers in 08, oh, 08 maybe when they won the Super Bowl or oh nine. That uh, the Cardinals and the Steelers are the two worst rushing teams in the league. How about that? You don't need to run the ball anymore. Just throw it. Thank you for your time, Mark. All right. I will get back to you later. <laughs> I don't think he knew what he was trying to say. What? I don't think he knew how to I end think he caught him by surprise at your end in the interview there. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. I will get back to you later. Thanks, Mark. Wow. That's like one of those times whenever you go see a movie or something and the ticket taker takes your ticket, rips it, and goes, hey, have a good time at the movie. And you just go, you too. And you walk by. And he's like, oh, yeah, you too while you're standing out here working for the next six hours. That's clearly a guy who lost it as soon as he said Bananas Foster. Like, he was <laughs> off the gone. rails at that point. Like That's all he had on his mind. He was probably sitting on his couch, said Banana Foster, and went to look for ice cream in his fridge. And that took over the... Frontal cortex. He's like, you know what? I need a butterscotch fountain here in my living room. You know, you know. Oh, hey, Carl. Yeah, I'll get back to you. I mean, who among us wouldn't like a butterscotch fountain? <laughs> I would love one. If you took Stan's briefcase and put it in a warm car and then opened it up, it would become a butterscotch fountain because yeah, of all what? the candies he has in there. Yes, a bunch of Worthers. He did give us some legitimate information, though, and it was all started by me. You want to talk about being great at Twitter? I mean, it's this guy right here, at underscore Adam Crowley. I was getting into it with Florio, and I'm just trying to get the information on the gosh darn compensatory picks, and here's what Cabali said. He said, if the Steelers rescind the tag and Le'Veon Bell leaves and goes somewhere else, say, Indianapolis, the Steelers do not get a compensation pick. If the Steelers give him the tag, which they have sitting out there, he accepts it, and then at the end of the year he leaves, they will get a compensation pick in 2020. So maybe me and Florio were arguing different things. That was always my understanding. All of that because I'm so bright. Coming up next. I said before the season I like the depth in the Steelers' secondary. 
Now I would rather drink out of Stan's briefcase than watch the secondary play again. It's a Crowley show.